My name is Craig Collins filling in. Kevin Bowen is on our sister station, 1070 The Fan. Kevin, how you doing? Morning, Craig. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to have you on. First, I, I want to ask you about the number one pick in the draft, which sounded a little bit like this. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. That is not a surprising number one overall pick, is it? No, not at all. You know, he's in the same breath of Andrew Luck coming out of Stanford, Peyton Manning coming out of Tennessee. So when you're one in 15, you got a lot of needs in Jacksonville, and they will try and build around the man of the hair. And uh, I'm very, very curious to watch it. Obviously, the Colts will have their hands full trying to defend it for the next decade or so. Right. Uh, and obviously, since there were so many quarterbacks, good quarterbacks uh, in this draft, the thought was that maybe the Colts would trade down and have an opportunity to get a a better than typical player at a higher than, you know, maybe uh, you'd push as far down in the draft in previous years. They did not trade their pick. Were you surprised in that? A little bit. Uh, you know, talking to Chris Ballard, their general manager after the draft, basically they, they had a trade offer on the table. Uh, we know they don't have the same number of draft picks that they typically do this year and even next year based off that Carson Wentz trade, but uh, Quiddy Pay was too good to pass up. And basically the two traits that they feel like in the Colts' eyes really stood out is um, he's a very unique athlete at that position from a strength and explosive athlete standpoint. Uh, this guy is uh, just kind of a rare breed at 260 pounds for his ability to you know, get off the ball and, and have that explosive first step. And then secondly, and for those that watch the telecast, um, there's a great character inside of Pay. This is a guy that, you know, his family uh, fled war-torn Liberia. Uh, he moved to Rhode yeah. Island at a very young age with his mom. So um, from battling adversity and just character, which means so much for the Colts, Chris Ballard felt like it was too good to pass up. Well, and I will also say this about the personality of Pay. Uh, this is what it sounds like right after you interview a guy that's about to make a bunch of money and his first reaction is mom's retiring. Oh, uh, for my family, uh, she's done working. She's retired. <laughs> the applause there is almost higher than for Trevor Lawrence getting drafted first in the entire draft. The entire family <laughs> thrilled that Quiddy's going to help mom go ahead and retire early. It does say a lot about that kid's personality. As you said, a refugee, he born in a refugee camp. Uh, he's obviously a person who's seen a lot of adversity throughout his life. And is this, again, it, the uh, player getting later into the draft because of specific positions being such a focus this year? Or do you think that it was just uh, they knew from jump that that this player would be available at this position? And as you said, his speed, I think, is what I've read is the most uh, unique thing about him at a position that's not usually as fast as, as Quiddy Pay is. Yeah, I want to say the first eight picks were offensive. Uh, you know, a big run on quarterbacks and wideouts early. There was a run on kind of offensive tackles there in the middle of the first round as well. So it felt like the Colts were going to have a decision to make with, you know, one of the top edge rushers, top defenders really on the board, balance that versus trading back. And this is a massive position of need. The Colts have been searching for kind of a future at defensive end. Um, his production at Michigan maybe wasn't as eye-popping as you would like to see, but yeah. different scheme fit. You know, Robert Mathis and his development will try to diversify some of those pass rush moves. Uh, but like you said, from a character standpoint and a testing standpoint, there are some traits there that you can't teach. You know, and you did mention it, so I'll go ahead and touch on it real quick. He only played in four games, uh, right? He only, he only actually played in four college games this past year. So to get drafted in the first round and to make the second team all Big Ten, uh, obviously the, 
the understanding of his talent is fairly uh, fairly irrelevant to all this uh, action. Yeah, a couple things. Um, missed two games due to injury, and then Michigan, you know, was hit hard with COVID late in the year. So uh, I think they had their final two or three games canceled. So uh, that's why you see the abbreviated resume for him. But you know, he, he only had 11 and a half sacks uh, in his four seasons at Michigan, which is a small number for a first-round pick. But uh, the Colts feel like this is kind of the safest of all the edge rushers that were on the board there. And now it's up to their coaching staff to try and develop some of those traits and get him to become more of a complete pass rusher. Fair enough. Uh, day two of the NFL draft coverage at 7 o'clock tonight on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, uh, anything specific you're looking for for the Colts on day two? Yeah, only one pick, 54 overall. you got to think it's a left tackle. I know Chris Fowler doesn't want to commit to that, but that is the glaring need. There's still a good amount of depth at that position. Um, as much as you would like a luxury pick at a tight end or a wide out or even a cornerback, uh, Anthony Costanza's retirement has left a gaping hole, and I think it would be very wise for the Colts to protect Carson Wentz as best as they can and uh, try to find the left tackle of the future.